are listening to the Up and Under podcast, starting in 3, 2, 1. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Joined with me, as always, is Dishan. Yo. This is a very special episode. Big 100, bro. It is the big 100 episode of this podcast. And, man, it's been a it's, Man, we've been doing this for 100 episodes? It's been a while, man. It's been a while. Yeah, it has definitely been a while. Um, so, again, thanks for all the, you know, for watching and obviously listening to the show throughout it. I know we went from very, very humble beginning yeah. to, you know, pretty decent. You know, we have a we got a better setup through that, better mics, you know, it kind of evolved. Better content. Definitely well, looking back, like when we first started, man, it was, it was trash, dude. IQ was trash. Yeah, it was, it was pretty trash. But with the 100th episode, we're obviously going to continue to build more content. So please subscribe on all the various channels, uh, all the audio platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, of course. Definitely subscribe to that. More great content on the way. But since this is the 100th episode, we decided to do something a little special. So for the first time ever, we are bringing in our very own our guest. So welcome to the show. New face. New face. He is, <laughs> he's a good friend of ours, a longtime friend. Um, and he will be very vital in this in the topic of this episode. But we want to bring over our resident sneaker, Hit Mason. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here, guys. Congrats on your 100th episode. More 100 to come. Let's see what you guys can do. Yeah, man. But the reason why you're here is because we got to talk about your about your topic, sneakers. Yeah. Now, obviously, throughout our off season, you know, typically what we'll do is we'll break down we'll do topics that we don't do during the season. We don't get time to do. And one of the biggest things. In the NBA world, is shoe, mm-hmm. you know, shoe brand. We, there's, I believe, six or maybe seven major shoe brands that we have out there today. So, in the next couple of episodes, we're gonna kind of break down these brands and kind of give more of an, an in-depth analysis of the players, some of the shoes on there, and you know, who, what players are kind of performing, you know, well for these brands. Like, are they worth it? Like, like you know, for instance, if, if if a player is a part of a brand, is it worth them to be there? You know, or should they cut bait now? You know, so we're going to kind of be talking about that in this episode. So obviously the three brands we're going to cover in this episode is Adidas, Converse, and Puma. Now, starting us off into Adidas. Now, Adidas, they've been around since about 1970. That's Adidas basketball, at least. And global brand, the three stripes, everyone knows them. Now, they're very big in soccer, obviously, because of, again. The names they have as well. Exactly. Like, they have, you know, the Messi's of the world. You know, I believe they have Neymar. Like they have, they have yeah. some, they have some very big names in the soccer world. Basketball, when they first came out, obviously, again, you're competing up against Nike. You know, sure. you're competing up against, you know, especially when Michael Jordan was around. I don't think anyone was able to compete. Nope. But slowly but surely, Adidas has been able to kind of bolster their roster. They stopped focusing on the star level talent and really focused on players that have more of a story, players that have more of a connection. And so, obviously, the biggest name in the Adidas brand right now is Damian Lillard. Yes. Now, Lillard has had, I believe, what, as an eighth edition of a shoe? Eighth or nine. Yeah, he's had a, a few shoes. Some, they've been very nice shoes yeah. in all general, but, like, his shoes just look great in general. But in terms of, you know, why his shoes always do perform well for Adidas, A, he's going to be a fantastic player. I mean, he argue, like, he's... One of the best. I mean, I would say maybe top seven eight player in the game right now. Top ten. Top okay. Ten, yes. top ten. I get that. He's definitely in the top ten. Now, where you rank him in the top ten, that's up to you. But 
Lillard is because he's such a great player, but I think his story, a lot of his shoes have a good connection to Oakland, you know, his hometown, you know, Portland. And that's just very relatable. I don't like obviously speaking, we know Dame as being a real guy. You know, he's a real obviously this offseason, besides this offseason where there's a lot going on with Damian Lillard, but you know, in terms of who he is, a pretty pretty great player, man. Listen, man, when we talk about Adidas, first of all, too, um, obviously they started out in I think 1929 it was, and then they moved into basketball in around the 1970s. And it really started, I think, a lot of the trend and wave of Adidas, especially in the North American market, started out with, for example, the shell toes. So we all remember those. Obviously, a lot of us had those growing up, even um, you know later on, like you said, classics, yeah. So that was really their intro into, I think, the North American market, and obviously with sprinting and whatnot. But then with basketball later on, you know, getting those shuttles into the league. Yeah. But like you said about Damian Lillard, yeah, man, like this guy definitely embodies, I think, what Adidas is trying to build and what they've been building for the past number of years, especially um, in this new generation, you know, 2010s moving forward. Um, like you said, it's just it's a real story about Damian Lillard. There's a reason why shoes always sell so much. You know, the, the personality that he has combined with, I think, the performance that they put into his shoes. And we'll see this with a lot of other guys as well. Adidas has really captured the market and done well with the performance of their shoes. So I think Damian Lillard just resonates with a lot of people in terms of the performance of his actual shoes. Done quite well. I'll add that to one thing is, what game was that when he dropped the 60 points? I believe, oh man, it was in the playoffs? It was in the playoffs. He dropped 60 points. The next day they did was they dropped his shoe to $60 for 24 hours and people bought them as well, right? Remember that day? Yeah. And they sold out pretty quick. Yeah, because it's also the, about the price point as well. Exactly. The Dame shoes are not very ex- expensive well, no. relative to other, other brands other and other brands. shoes. And that's such a big selling point because, again, I think – I think you were talking about what Shaq trying to try, what did a lot with his shoes. He wanted them to be affordable. He wanted people to actually yeah. be able to afford his shoes. And same thing with Damian Lillard. Man. I think honestly, in general, with, you're going to see this a lot with Adidas compared to some of the brands that we have next episode, which I guess I mean, you can probably guess what they are. Yeah. But you know, in terms of the price point, price point is also a huge um, issue or focal point in the market, depending on what audience you're trying to target. Which I think Adidas has done a great job. Not to go off topic, but Shaq did was when he was at Reebok, he, he declined that thing. He's like, keep the money. I'll make my own shoe. I'll go to Walmart. And look what he did. Yeah. So the video that's, that's followed on the internet recently as well. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Uh, Next up, we have the OG of Adidas himself, D-Rose. Derek Rose, he is literally, when you think about Adidas basketball, he's probably the first person that you think of. Um, he's at, I don't know what number of shoes he's at right now. 10 or 11. And, 11, 11. and they recently just re-released a lot of his shoes last year as well. And those completely sold out as well. And there's a reason why Derrick Rose, I think, has a very special place in a lot of NBA fans' hearts. Especially considering, you know, like you said about Damian Lillard, the story. You know, coming out of Chicago, um, born and raised, everything that he went through. And then the seasons that he was having pre-injury and then obviously what happened to him after the injuries. Yeah. And I think... You know, he was that next up-and-coming guy for Adidas until obviously all those injuries hit and where he had to take, you know, there's a few years where his place in the league was being questioned. I think what really happened, though, and their success in terms of the D. Rose brand, like I said, re-releasing a lot of those shoes, really changed when, you know, he had his Minnesota stint, I would say. 
him dropping 50 plus in Minnesota. Him, you know, him saying he was officially back. And then now playing in New York in Mecca basketball, playing in the biggest market in the world, his performance, he's probably, he was likely the best player in last year's playoffs for the New York Knicks, yeah. I have yeah. to say. That's right? Yeah. So I think Derrick Rose, the OG of Adidas basketball himself, um, you know, I think he means everything to Adidas brand. And I think in all honesty, we can all say this, that Adidas as a basketball company would not be anywhere where they are today yeah. and people without Derrick Rose. And people are still talking about his Christmas one, the one that's the yeah. white with the holographic ones. They're still talking to this day. So and that's a legendary one, man. The, the crazy yeah. thing is, it's just like, you, you wouldn't think an athlete, you know, the, how the popularity of the Derrick Rose that was at probably at all, at all time on one of the MVP, you yeah. know, when those balls were But when the injury hit, you know, it's really hard for a player to maintain that level of popularity. The fact that Rose was able to do that and still, like, Adidas was creating shoes for him, like, during those stints in New York, like, the first thing in New York, Minnesota, like, and they were still selling. Yeah. It's just because of the way he carries himself and also just how he, the connection he's had with fans for a very, very long time. Not to mention his shoes are very good as well. Like, I have yeah. to say that personally. Um, especially for me, like, I like myself wearing mids, you know, as a guard, that's kind of rare to find. And so for his shoes where, you know, mids, highs, you know, even whatever it is. It's kind of needed for him. It, yeah, he's kind of, exactly, like you said, right? It was built for him. Yeah. But I think a lot of guards need that, especially now, like, when you see how guards play nowadays, it's insane what they're doing. You know, they're dunking over it's like different. Now. Exactly. Literally. So, um, yeah, like you said, Derrick Rose, OGs, uh, one of the greatest. Well, speaking of one of the greatest players of today's game, you know, the, probably one of Adidas' biggest recent signings was going out and signing James Harden. Now, we all know, I mean, again, and on this show, we have a pretty eh, hit or miss relationship with James Harden, especially with the move to Brooklyn. But that being said, there's no denying. I mean, Jane Harden, former MVP, MVP runner up the past like, last few years, mm-hmm. just fantastic player overall. Man, I think he's one of the best scorers of the modern era, yeah. just because he can do it. He can do it all. He can shoot the ball. He can handle. He can get to the rim, mid range, floater, whatever you want him to do offensively, he can do it. And when Jane Harden wants to lock up defensively, he can too. And the Harden brand has obviously grown over the years as well as he's gotten popular. As you know. You know, he became a real big space for Adidas, you know, just in terms of, I think less so of his story, I think more so on the fact that he was Adidas as the biggest star athlete of today's game. Yeah, I mean, James Harden, I think when we're talking about him versus Damian Lillard and Derrick Rose, a lot of, you know, obviously Damian and D. Rose are both fantastic players, but I think James Harden was the quote-unquote, the Nike type of signing, right? Exactly, the, yeah. the star, superstar player signing. The face, which, of, the face of the brand. Exactly. What you need as a brand, you always need those types of players. Sure. And James Harden has done well, super well for Adidas. His first two shoes especially were huge successes. Not to mention his clothing lines within Adidas uh, and in itself, you know? So he's done great for the company. And, you know, his stature where he is right now, especially, you know, how immersed he is in the culture, um, you know, obviously, like, hanging out with a little baby, all of them all going everywhere. You know, his, his impact on the culture and, you know, what he represents for Adidas, um, I think, you know, you've seen it in the value. That's true. Not to only mention that the face of Adidas, the, the things he's done with the shoes, the different colorways, the Black Lives Matter with Meek Meal or anything else, but also the best beard in the game as well. Facts. I mean, I, I ain't lying about that. 
I mean, that beard is literally a brand at this point. In it is. So, <laughs> like, like, he's making his own. That beard is, I don't know. How do you, can you give me some tips? Like, how do you do that? How do you sleep? Can you call him? Thanks. Well, he doesn't that. eat in public, so that's, I guess, that's, one thing. That's one thing, yeah. But it always stays the same, though. Like, the same I know, shit. but the, how do you keep, like, how do you sleep in that? I don't know. Another thing about James Harden, I think, is his creativity in, in terms of his shoes. Mm. Like, his shoes, especially the you bring up the colorways, but his shoes are always so unique in terms of how they're designed. Uh, you know, they're just different. Yeah. And, like, I'm even looking at kind of some of them now. We're talking, like, where we went from the Harden Volume 1 to now we're at the Volume 5. Like, oh. the shoe is just... Like the Harden Volume Five is just completely different. I think it's an interesting point you brought up about his creativity because I think that's reflected. His shoes' creativity, his brand's creativity, is reflected in his game and who he is as a player. He is one of the most creative, if not, I would say, the most creative player that we've ever seen in terms of his ability to work within the rules yeah. and what's allowed and what's not allowed, and his you know his his ability to work within that ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Um, is literally, I think, what defines him as a player and what's made him so successful in his career. And for his brand to embody that, I think, is just another level of promotion and marketing. Yeah, for sure. Which brings us into the next player. Now, this is a player who obviously, at his peak, was probably one of the best. He was in contention to be one of the best guards in the league at the time when he was there. But obviously, injuries took a toll on him. Um, and then, you know, now he's kind of been kind of casted aside. We're talking about John Wall. Now, John Wall, I still really think John Wall is still a good player. Again, the injuries have taken a toll, and obviously his contract isn't really the best in terms of, you know, getting into a winning situation. But in terms of who John Wall is as a person, I think he fits Adidas, you know. But in terms of, and his shoes at the time, his sales were pretty good. He was selling some good some shoes. The J Wall 1, Wall 2, they, they were selling really well. Obviously, his with his popularity kind of declining, it kind of you know fizzled out when he lost the signature shoe line from Adidas. But I think he can still bring value. But at the same time, Adidas is also looking in other directions as well. Well, they were previously negotiating a buyout. Currently, I mean, we're kind of cheating here because John Wall still wears Adidas, but technically, if I'm not mistaken, he's a free agent right now. Yeah. Um, and again, like I mentioned, they were negotiating a buyout. So he came to Adidas after Reebok, um, and he had a little bit of success with Reebok. But obviously, like you said, um, his Adidas brand took him to another level, especially when he was in contention for being like a top three point guard in the league. Um, so unfortunately, now it's just you know his his shoes and his brand popularity have kind of mirrored his game, mm-hmm. where unfortunately he hasn't been on the court that much, and as a result, his productivity has obviously dipped, and with that. Um, you know, comes the lack of success from his brand. So, I mean, John Wall is still one of the best quote-unquote Adidas players in the games right now, even though, again, he's technically not with Adidas. Um, but, you know, maybe, you know, he, maybe in a new situation he can turn around. And to add to anything, then, no. You guys said it all, but looking at the shoes, like he's done with, um, I think he's done it with the Pharrells or Crazy by BYW. I've never seen that before. He had some decent shoes. I ain't gonna lie about that, but he he fell off, like he like you said. Hey man, I was kind of playing some walls back in the day. Um, I have some. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't your brother have some? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean, like they weren't bad shoes at all, but it's just obviously 
It's the the success isn't there that much anymore. Yeah, I mean the next, name's kind of gone, gone away. Yeah, next up we have another explosive player, um, one of the youngest players in the league, who I think is you know one of the brightest stars in the league as well. We're talking about Donovan Mitchell. Now Donovan Mitchell is another Adidas guy that you know Brand just recently signed, um, especially with perfect his fit, exactly perfect fit um, with his you know his rise to stardom. Now Donovan Mitchell has already had a couple of shoes, you know, his Donovan shoes. Um, which, now. Yeah, which have been talked about as, you know, one of the better shoes in the game. Um, personally, I haven't even, I don't think I've tried them on, but they do look pretty solid, especially, you know, the whole, the whole spider brand and, you know, the creativity. That's with so the cool. um, They have some nice shoes, man. Like the colorways, especially, I really like. He's also done uh, Don and Mitchell Spidey Sense, which is a neon yellow. Yeah. He's yeah. done a Venom one, which is purple. Um, it's just black and red, which I like that. The Spider-Man one. Yeah, he's done upside down hoops, probably his background, whatever that means. And then he has like three primary colors, blue, red, and yellow. Yeah. I, I mean, just in terms of, like, Donovan Mitchell is obviously one of those players who was drafted later on in, in the draft. You know, mm-hmm. we all everyone thought he was going to be like a top 10, top yeah. 10 pick. He dropped out, thought he went to a 13th pick. And then Denver traded him away to Utah. Still kind of funny, though. But... <laughs> Like they had, like they had him, they traded him for who they traded him for? I think it was for MPJ or something like that. No, this was uh, was it trade? No, no, I, I'm I don't remember, but they didn't trade him for that much. Basically, no, it was it was literally it was basically it was basically Utah's pick, pretty much is what it was because the deal had already been done previously, and that's that was Utah's selection. Type yeah, of. but yeah, and then Donovan Mitchell came in. You know, there weren't there was a lot of like there weren't a lot of expectations. Him, but he overachieved completely. He just became a superstar in the league. Um, obviously, Zisha needs to see more winning, especially in the playoffs. I mean, listen, man, that's how it goes for a start. Like, you need to see wins. <laughs> but still, there's no like he's such a marketable person too. Yes. Just he just connects. I just, so searched, much. I just searched it up. It's a 13 overall pick uh, to the Utah Jazz for Tyler Lennon and Trey Lyles. Am I might be saying that. Oh, right. that was great. Right. 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 Shout out Canadian. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, kind of basketball. You guys need to, you guys better get in on the next Olympics. What? I I already am. Huh? I'm on Canadian Olympics. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, which brings us into the next player that we want to talk about. Now, this is someone who obviously a lot of recent recent success, especially in this past playoff run. And we're gonna we have to talk about Trey Young. Obviously, again, I'm not the biggest Trey Young guy. In the Yo, world. you're a Trey Young hater. I'm not a hater. I'm just a realist. Okay, the guy is, you know, he's not, he's not my favorite type of player. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say that. You know, I, I have a standard for point guards, and I don't think he's that, but he's still a great player in his own right. And personally speaking, and this is this, I might be in the minority with this one. I think Adidas kind of rushed a little bit in terms of getting a shoe out there for Trey Young. Now. Obviously, they're going off of the ice tray kind of brand and all yeah. that stuff. I don't know, man. I'm still kind of like... I'm, like, on, I'm on the fence of that. I still don't yeah. like it. It's way too low. Yeah. Like, well, his, his shoes, he, he just released them. Basically, it's his first shoe. Yeah. First shoe. Um, it's like his line. That's, yeah, you have to give him time. Though. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah like you could... I, I understand what you guys' argument is, but at the same time, for a brand, you kind of need to get ahead of the curve, right? And Trey Young has shown, especially with this past playoff run, his marketability, I think. Yeah, him showing up for wrestling, you know, like, that's that's another... In the, in the garden. Too. In the garden, exactly. <laughs> he, 
He's shown not to mention the fact that he's been he's been in videos, he's been on the internet since he was in high school, basically. Right? We've seen him we've seen him play YouTubers in the when he was in high school, right? He's been he's one of those guys that's connected with this new generation, the new era. He's been one of them. Wasn't he in the video with Blake Griffin when he threw it off the wall? Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of young guys in there that's in that video. But like, yeah, maybe that's why I don't like Graham that much. He connects too much. Listen, man, I'm sorry, man. When, you, when, you can, when you're not a liability on defense, then you can let me know. Like, it's kind of what it is at this point. But yeah, those are kind of our main Adidas guys. Those are the guys that are kind of repping the brand right now. Personally, I think I'm an, I'm an Adidas guy myself. I love Adidas and what their brand is and what they stand for. And I think they're just getting better in terms of giving players options. Because Adidas now no, no longer looked at as the... Like the little brother for Nike or anything. They're a true established brand now, and you can. Uh, this, you know, basketball. Obviously, before in other sports, they've been established. Right? Yeah, for sure. But in terms of the basketball world, now they're a legit brand. Yeah. Which brings us into a brand that honestly was has a lot of historic ties, especially to the NBA and basketball in general. We're talking about Converse. Now, Converse obviously huge in the '60s. Uh, you remember the you know the Chuck Taylors. You know, in the Bill Walt, in the Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain era, Converse is a thing, and Converse is still a huge brand today. A lot of people still wear Converse's, but in the basketball space, it's starting to make a comeback. You know, a lot, some players, a lot of, you know, I guess not lesser, big profile players, but kind of, you know, lesser known players are kind of jumping on and kind of really helping reestablish this brand. Yeah. And the biggest name that that they have right now currently is Draymond Green. Now, Draymond Green again. Three-time NBA champion, defensive player of the year. We know Draymond resume. He's still a great player, great leader, a guy you probably want on your team any any day of the week. Um, but he decided to do something different. He decided to sign with Converse. Now, how much do I really think this is this is this will benefit Converse? Yet to be seen, to be honest with you. But I think he's it's more of a step where. If Draymond Green is going to the brand, it'll encourage other players to go because people listen to him. Well, in terms of Converse too, right? Like you talked about, they were big a long time ago in the 1960s. Um, and obviously the truck handlers are still, you know, the calling card of Converse to this day. And they're still a very, very successful brand with their truck handlers. Uh, when it comes to the NBA, you know, they haven't had that level of success. Um, and in all honesty, they haven't even really focused that much on the NBA. Um, but I think this is a trend, especially now with the the rise of social media, um, just the internet as a whole. All these brands are trying to make a comeback. We talked about, you know, Adidas is a rise even in the last 10 years compared to what they were before. Uh, where with the next brand, we're going to talk about how they researched as well. They researched pretty quickly. They researched pretty quickly. Um, and there's a lot of other companies, you know, obviously we have like the Antas, the peaks of the world that are trying to make. Yeah, Lee Ming, they are all making their presence felt. And this is the most, I think, most competitive the shoe balance the, the market has ever been in terms of the basketball landscape. And we're seeing, you know, Converse is trying to be one of those brands and trying to make their imprint. Um, now, with, I remember, I think back in the day, it was like the most famous player was like Mario Chalmers, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so shout out Mario Chalmers. I think Lance Stevenson was what the target. Yeah, that's true. So, and, and also Udonis Haslam was with them. I think, 
So, you know, in terms of them, I think they're trying to make their comeback as well, um, trying to establish themselves. And like you said, you know, it's not the most marketable player with Draymond Green, but he does have a good, per- he has a big personality. He has the success, he has a resume it's on the floor. That they, it's all about his personality. The way he talks, we all know from 2019, oh, we're going to go to game five, we're going to game five. No, we didn't. We won 2019. You can see from that banner right there, end of story, okay? His shoes, exactly. His shoe is nice, but it's it's on the chunky side. Well, I mean, it kind of fits him as a because, player. Because he's a big man, right? Yeah, he's Which a big man. Yeah, but he was also with Nike as well. He used to wear the Hyperdunks in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, man, like Converse, you know, they're trying to make their comeback. I don't think Green One Green is a bad place to start. It's influence, I think. I think they, they wanted somebody who players are going to listen to and look at, like, oh, hey, Draymond's there. Maybe he's building something up new, you know? Yeah. Well, when we talk about the next player, we're talking about Shaggy Ojis Alexander. He's I the mean, guy you want. He, like you said, exactly. He is the type of guy you want in terms of, you look at his social media, his IG, man, like, this guy is literally, like, a fashion Star. Yo, you saw his pic when he came for his birthday, right? Yeah. So, like, he's a he's one of those guys that's super big in fashion, and you can tell where his where his t- uh, mind frame is at. So, I think for Converse to get a guy like Shagilis Alexander, you can you can build your brand off of not just the shoe aspect, but the brand in general, like the in terms of brand. apparel, everything. You can build it off of, and you know, Shagilis Alexander is one of the up and coming young players in the league. And, you know, a lot of people, including us, project him to be very, very good in the future. And just his off-court personality combined with his on-court success, this is, I think, the foundational block you want if you're Converse. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, he has, yeah, he's, first off, shout out to Canadian as well. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a fashion guy. I don't know if him and Russell hang out together. Go yeah, shopping. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, but... That would be a sick opportunity to, to do that. And man, it's, it's a trend with the younger players now, right? Players are more expressive of themselves. Yeah. And for that reason, you see brands are willing to partner with so many players because there's so many players who are willing to do that themselves, right? Yeah. Whereas before you had to select few players who had their own brands. Now you see every player is coming in with the mindset of trying to create their own brand rather than, you know, letting another person profit off of their own image, right? And listen, man, like, he already has it all set up, man. The SGA brand, the Shea clothing line, like, yo, man, this guy, he has it already, and I think he's the type of player you kind of want. And speaking of another kind of creative fashion type of forward type of person, the next guy Converse has on the roster is Kelly Oubre Jr. Again, he's not the biggest name in the world, and again, I had a lot of criticisms about him, especially last season. Like, bro, don't run out like Naruto. Freaking hit your hit your jump shot. But the fact of the matter is, he's very he's very creative. He's very you know he likes to he likes to experiment as well. And I think him bringing that creative side to him will be kind of a good influence, especially where he's big on social as well. You know, I think it could work. Again, he's not the biggest name. No. But in terms of building off of hey, you have a guy like Shane. You also have a guy like Kelly Oubre Jr. It could work. I mean, he might not be a big name in terms of outside the basketball world, but I think inside the basketball world, he's created a pretty big name for himself. Okay. In terms of being, you know, one of the most popular, I think, non-all-stars or non, you know, star-worthy players. He's probably up there in terms of popularity amongst the other guys. Mm-hmm. So for Converse, exactly. So for Converse sake, 
um, you know, they don't have the capital to go after, you know, the big stars. They don't have the ability to get those big stars. So where do you go? You go guys like Shaquille Alexander, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. And, you know, those guys are successful in what they do. So for Converse as a brand, I think it makes all the sense in the world. You got to have a foundation, I think. And I think that's what Converse is trying to do. Like they got the influence with, with Draymond, the like elite presence in Draymond. They got the young up-and-comer in Shea. Then they got the mid-tier kind of kind of player who has that kind of creative, who kind of fits what they're trying to do. You know, it's it, 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 it's kind of working. But again, like, um, I don't know if you got anything to add on, on Converse before we move on, but... Just looking at his shoes, he's got the cheetah prints, he's got the sky high ones, he's got the all white with a bit of orange. It's very it's, creative. It's definitely creative, it's definitely different. He's got the tie-dye ones. I don't know what else he has, but hey. I mean, I think it signals the change in Converse as a basketball brand, whereas, you know, before they are kind of, they had their brand, they knew what they wanted to do. Yeah. Whereas now they've given that creative freedom and I think trying to adapt with the new wave of it's, what these players are. It's cool because Converse has been, been a lifestyle brand for a long time. And now you're bringing that sort of element over into the, onto the basketball court. You know, it's going to bring a lot more eyes on them, especially because how well-known Converse actually is outside of basketball. Plus, yeah. Converse is with Nike, so... Yeah. Hey, you so getting some money, too, that way. Uh, which brings us into the final brand we're going to talk about on this episode. And it is probably the biggest up-and-coming up brand right now in today's shoe game. And it's Puma. Puma, everyone remembers Puma from the Walt, the Walt Frazier, you know, the 1970s era of basketball. But in like 2019, 2020, it made a, made a huge resurgence, a huge comeback. And they're really going after and signing players. They're really establishing some themselves, re-establishing them themselves as a, as a top-tier brand again. And I think they're probably some, one of the biggest young stars they have right now. Is Lamelo Ball. Yep. Now, Lamelo Ball, obviously, you know he came into the league, won Rookie of the Year, really impressed a lot of people. But you know, we were questioning, you know, with the whole big baller brand thing, who was he going to sign with? I think he shocked a lot of people with deciding to sign with Puma. But he's exactly the type of player an up and coming brand wants to have on their team. You know, just his marketability is great. His style of play is so. You know, great for the for the, for the young generation. Um, he's explosive. He has a great personality. Like all the things that a brand would want to market behind. And you know, that's exactly that's a great it's a, it's a great pickup for Puma. Well, he already has basically his own signature yeah. shoe with the MV ones. Um, and literally, this is I think the best thing Puma could ask for. When we talk about the resurgence, literally, when you think about Puma as a basketball brand, you think about the Clyde Frazier era. Think about just him as an ambassador for Puma and then, you know, a number of other guys um, during that era. But basically after, I think, you know, the 19, you know, you could say the 19, the midpoint of the 1980s, since until like last year, a couple of years ago, Puma was basically dead as a basketball brand. You know, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't promote it. They didn't do anything with it. The most they did was, you know, promote their class of Puma. Um, and we saw really, I think, like I previously mentioned, you know, the success of social media and just the rise of the internet as a whole and brands' ability to not have to use traditional methods to channel, uh, you know, traditional channels to market and promote their brands. And all of them can all try to get a piece of the market share at once. And it's it's more, it's, it's easier to get into the market now more than it ever was. 
And a lot of brands are trying to make their comebacks. And I think chief among them is Puma. Like you mentioned, you know, they really were just completely dead in the water until, you know, a couple of years ago where they started signing all these young guys. And there was, there was, I remember when they made their comeback, there was like a few days where literally every single young player that came in was signed right away by Puma. And Puma was throwing that money at them. Why? Because they're trying to invest in that next generation as a brand. And it's already worked. We've seen their sales climb. Um, they're sitting all their regular shoes, you know, guys like even guys like Terry Rozier and whatnot. Um, just young guys with great personalities. I think, like you mentioned, LaMelo Ball, I think, represents that the most. Yeah, looking at his shoe right now, they're saying it's coming out soon. There's no date to be announced, but I wouldn't be surprised if next season or Christmas time, make that money, grow the investment, grow the brand. Well, the good thing about LaMelo Ball is he was already an established brand. You know, we've seen him, we literally saw him grow up in front of our eyes from basically elementary school. So we've seen him since elementary school, obviously with the success of his brother Lonzo in college and in in the league. Uh, And then obviously the whole BDD thing, which again, they've tried to distance themselves from now. Uh, But, you know, they were in the news for a long while for that. So with LaMelo Ball, it's not just you have an investment to a young player who's a great up and coming player, but he also has a tinge of an established brand himself. And he's already an established player or established, you know, brand ambassador himself, even before he got into the league. So I think for Puma, that's a great place to start. I think Puma's also moving in a direction where they want to kind of, they want to cater to today's generation, you know, and one of the biggest guys, like, again, not basketball wise, but in personality, they have J. Cole. Signed with them. J. Cole's a huge influence in today's, you know, in today's culture, and you know he's the type of type type of person you kind of want. His creativity, his influence, all help, and he's very involved on the basketball side as well. You know, I mean, he's a good basketball player, right? Yeah. So he worked out for the Magic, and he probably could have made their team. Let's be honest. Oh man, that's, that's, that's rough. And not just J. Cole as well. There's also Neymar for Puma. Exactly on the soccer side. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's a new one actually. PSG, Javier Messi, so he can get the limelight there, here and there. So that's a big name as well. Exactly. You know, they've already been established on the soccer side of things, football side big of things. Time. Uh, but again, like the resurgence in the NBA in terms of basketball is, is pretty interesting to look at. Another young player that we want to talk about with Puma is Michael Porter Jr., who just, we're going to talk about him, spoiler alert, a little bit later. But, you know, he just got a big deal himself. So he is... Not only Puma, but the league as a whole has looked at him as one of those next up-and-coming guys. And he really was looked at that next Kevin Durant until, obviously, unfortunately, all the back injuries happened, which completely decimated his stock and his value. So Puma starting off with guys like Lamelo Ball, uh, Michael Porter Jr. I think it's a, it's a great thing. And Michael Porter Jr., I think, especially this season with Jamal Murray being out, will have the chance to have that breakout season after his amazing season last year and the chance to shine. I think, I mean, obviously, again, good pickup with Puma because they probably could have, they probably, probably could have bought low on, on Michael Porter Jr. because his stock is going to rise eventually. I think we're jumping in the gun a little bit on, like, can he be that next guy? Obviously, we've seen the glimpses of that, you know, Kevin Durant-esque type of player. But I got to see him be healthy and I got to see him do this consistently, especially in the playoffs. You know, where the Denver Nuggets needed him the most, he wasn't there. Like, let's be real. It was Nikola Jokic, and that was pretty much it. You know? Well, and, I mean, again, he was injured in the playoffs as well, so... 
gotta stay healthy. That's the, the, he hasn't been healthy throughout when he's coming to, going to the league. That's big, you know. And we'll talk about more about Michael Porter Jr. You know later on. Next up, we have Kyle Kuzma. I think one of again, you can make we can make fun of Kyle Kuzma um, all we want, and a lot of people, a lot of people make fun of Kyle Kuzma. I do. But he is, I think, one of the biggest names in the league. Again, another guy who's not one of those stars, but still one of the biggest names in the league. And that's had a lot to do with, you know, him playing for the Lakers, which, again, he won't have that asset anymore. But Kyle Kuzma, at least for himself, has built a name for himself on, you know, on social media, on the internet. And so even... Also a weird here, dude. Yeah. Well, again, he's another, he's another one of those interesting... <laughs> Creative type of guys, which Puma is clearly trying to target. I mean, again, they've been the key is that they've been trying to invest in what he is as a player as well. Unfortunately, that hasn't worked out that well so far. But you know, Kyle Kuzma is another one of those guys that for Puma, it makes sense completely why they're trying to do it. They already have, they already did a logo of Kuzma with the Puma logo on top, so they already invested that money in him. Yeah, he, like listen, I don't think it's it's a bad idea in terms of obviously off the court and what he what he you know what he can do yeah. what he can do in that regard as a brand. I just think on the court, I'm just when I look I look at the on the court product first because I'm like you're a basketball player first and foremost. And when Kyle Kuzma, I mean, Dijon, I made fun of him countless times on the show. Um, and I think it's deservedly so because you know you you can't score zero points in a playoff game. You can't, you know, throw a behind-the-back pass to LeBron and then throw it out of bounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, little things like that. And then down your hair, blonde, thinking you're Eminem. Like, like, you know, you, you know, I think the, Kyle Kuzma is just a weird guy, but I think he needs to, I think on the court, he needs to really focus on that versus off the court. But in terms of the off the court, it is beneficial for Puma, I will say that. Yeah, next up we have, I think we can throw a couple of these players together, which is RJ Barrett and DeAndre Ayton. Both were kind of on the same trajectories in terms of their career paths and the way they are in their careers right now, in terms of two very young players who've just gotten to the league very recently, both high picks, you know, DeAndre Ayton being the first pick, uh, uh, RJ Barrett being the third pick, so another Canadian uh, shout out to Canada basketball once again. Um, You know, both guys are kind of on the same trajectory as, as a whole for their careers in terms of they had some struggles out the gate. You know, people were questioning their ability. Um, they had some issues in college where sh- people weren't sure they would be able to translate or improve on um, in the NBA game. And so far, I think, especially with the last season for both of them, last season, I think, was really the breakout year for both of them in terms of them answering a lot of those questions. DeAndre Ayn being, being that good defender for a championship caliber team. RJ Barrett, RJ Barrett taking that next step, becoming so much more efficient as a scorer, as an offensive player, as a passer, as a shooter for a playoff team in the New York Knicks who barely, who, who had a very good season as well, right? So I think both guys are very good investments for the Puma brand. Now, obviously, when it comes to DeAndre Ayton, we know the you know old story about big men. They don't sell shoes. Unfortunately, their shoes don't sell. But he was the number one pick. Which was huge because as a number one pick, he immediately signed with Puma. That was a big deal. It was a big, it was, it was a big deal. I think I think Mo Bamba also signed with Puma as well. Yeah. Of that draft class, so it was it was a pretty good pickup at the time, especially now like how the stock is now growing and rising. I don't think he's gonna be one of those signature shoe type of guys, but I think he'll be one of those athletes that is definitely one of those brand builders. Mm-hmm. You know, because the more he plays, the more he wins, the more people see his shoes. That's true. 
So, you know, and same thing, like RJ Barrett, I think he has more of that trajectory where he could possibly get a signature shoe because he's more of the guy on his team versus what a DeAndre is on his, on his team. Plus RJ, I think, again, mentioned the guard, he can probably sell yes. more shoes anyways. But yeah, no, these two guys are just great young players. Great pickups for an establishing brand, honestly. You know, where yeah, they... You guys mentioned it all. They're all young and they have time. So I think, yeah, you guys are... And then, yeah, basically, you know, all the young players. And then I guess we'll finish off with a couple of veteran players. Talking about Marcus Smart and DeMarcus Cousins. Now, Marcus Smart, I think that was a surprise for him going to Puma. Um, in terms of, you know, does... Comparatively to the rest of the players we just mentioned, wh- what does he bring to the uh, table for Puma? But I guess, you know, not everyone for a brand has to be, well, you know, so, like a defined, ha- has to have a defined role. Well, right? he brings grit and I think toughness. And I think that's, a lot of Puma wants some sort of like, I guess like some bite in, in terms of the personality of the player. Like they don't, like they have very vocal players. Marcus Smart is a very vocal guy. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, and, you know, and he's a different type of player. And I think more people like us who understand his, the value that he brings, especially defensively, will be more interested in what he does. And, you know, again, you can't just always go for the influencers and the social media. You got to sometimes get right. the, the traditional, um, like the traditional basketball head. You got to be invested, yeah. you know, because all well, we know is Nike and Adidas. Yeah, well, same thing with DeMarcus Cousins right now, obviously. Not comparing them on the defensive end, but in terms of that competitive mentality and what both represent throughout their careers and how they play and how, you know, this, just the mentality that they have. And obviously with DeMarcus Cousins being a formally established star um, for, you know, Puma just have another recognizable name, at least, unfortunately. His career has gone completely downhill, yeah, downhill basically. It's been um, pretty sad. It's been pretty <laughs> sad, but again, he's another recognizable name for Puma. So I think you basically touched upon it, right? Striking that balance between the LaMelo Balls, Michael Porter Jr.'s, Kyle Kuzma's of the world, and then the Marcus Smart, DeMarcus Cousins types of players, and having that balance between yeah. your brand and, you know, you being able to target all the audiences and trying to check off all the boxes. Also, I'll throw another brand in there, Danny Green as well. Yeah. That's a good one, especially because of his podcast. His podcast, he's a what, two-time NBA champion. Three. Three, sorry. Uh, yeah, he went back to, no, he didn't go back to back. No, Yo, yes, he did. He went yes, he back did. to the Lakers. Yep, he yeah. went back to back. Yeah, so again, like Dan Green, you can throw into that list as well. Another, you know, those mentally tough kind of players. Um, Who's you know, Exactly. So one of those established guys who can do nothing but, I guess, contribute to the Puma brand as a whole. Pretty much, man. And like, there's no denying. Like, the Puma is the biggest up and coming in today's today's shoe game. But I think the three brands we kind of covered, you know, they all have their own unique stories and they are pretty historic brands, you know, when we're talking Adidas, obviously we know the history of them. They're the biggest of the three that we mentioned. Converse is making a comeback, but I think Zeeshan touched on it earlier. A lot of these brands now feel the freedom to make a comeback, to reestablish themselves in the basketball space, which is great if you're if you're a player in today's game or even like consumers, like, like we are. You know, we're, now we have so many different options on shoes, brands, and personalities that we can go Well, through. competition breeds excellence, right? Yeah. So when you have more competition, for example, when we take the video game, you know, for example, the industry for video games, when we look at 2 and how far they've fallen, um, I mean, not to get sidetracked, but, you know, when we had live competing with 2K, we saw the competition bring out the best in 
2K. Unfortunately, the competition just killed live because they didn't know what the hell they were doing because it's EA. But yeah, somebody told Ronnie to make a good game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like you said, competition, I think, and the, the freedom that the internet has provided companies to try and yeah. grab that market share, I think is only a good thing for, especially even players, right? Now you have more guys getting an opportunity to be, get that money, to be that guy for their specific brands. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in the past, it would be like a couple of guys taking up all the money. Whereas now you have a lot of different guys trying to get that money. All these, all these brands have now the freedom to express themselves. It's not just, oh, make your shoe one thing. No, you can make it different events, Christmas holiday, or uh, like, as for the Adidas one, James Harden, the Black Lives Matter one. So you have all these different kind of events that you can express with these brands as well. Different target audiences as well. You can hit whatever audience you want. I'm gonna call it Audible here. And basically I'm gonna go to each one of you. Out of these three brands, which do you relate the most to? I know I touched upon mine earlier. I'm more with Adidas. I think the story, uh, the studio story line really really speaks to me. But what about you? What about you there? We'll start with we'll start with Dishan. I mean, I would say probably I'd have to agree with you on Adidas. I think this represents for me as well, like kind of for me what my life has been like and then you know just the stories. I think there's a lot of relatability in the in the players and the brand that they have. Not to mention, you know, we've grown up with that three stripes everywhere. I'm not actually wearing Adidas pants right now. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, I think for me, Adidas definitely, but I think Puma Puma has done great for itself. I'm very, if there's one brand, I think I'm excited to see what they have in store in the future. It would likely be Puma. I was thinking Puma for you, honestly. I thought you were gonna go Puma. Yeah, I was going with Adidas because you've known the brand, you've all known the brand. They make better clothing, better shoes maybe. But as it comes to like the different athletes that are there as well, there's 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 many of them as well. But as you said, Puma, I wanna see what they can do. Yeah, for sure. So those were the first, the three brands that we're covering on this on, on this week's episode. Stay tuned for next week. We're gonna cover three more brands. Gonna be a little bit more, a little bit more, a little different. You know, a little a lot more selection. We're gonna have to go through for, for that one. Definitely stay tuned for that one. But before we end this week's episode, as always, we're gonna go into the up and under segment. A couple of you know major, few major news so items that we wanna go over. First off, once again in the news, are you up or under on Ben Simmons? Thinking that he thinks playing with Joel Embiid has run its course. So we'll start with Dijon. I'm up on it, and I agree with him. It has run its course. Incidentally, I think me and you have been talking about this. We called this how many how many seasons ago did we call this? <laughs> I mean, how many seasons ago did I call it? I called it like two seasons ago. No, we, again, I was I was I had a little bit hope, more hope than you, I would say. Oh god. But again, we've we've said this it's for a number of years, of years already. And it's interesting because if there's one thing I'll lay a little bit of slack on, I mean, or I'll, I'll give a little bit of a pass to for Ben Simmons, is the Philadelphia 76ers organization. In terms of they, none of them knowing what they're doing. Sam Hinkie. Sam Hinkie having Brett Brown, and clearly he was way out of his league. Because of Brett Brown, you lose a Jimmy Butler. You eventually lose a J.J. Reddick. Two guys who have since talked about how bad of an organization and how badly run the 76ers were being run, right? And then obviously you replace Brett Brown with a guy who's had similar criticisms in the playoffs with Doc Rivers. And obviously we saw his performance last season. 
speech volumes. When you let, when you blow back to back, or you know, what was it? You have the twenty point leads in the span of like three games or two. Didn't he lose a back to back game seven too? Bro, he's he has no one. He is officially that. he. Unfortunately, we can say this for sure. I think Doctor is is the biggest choke job of a coach ever. He's definitely not good in game sevens. He's not good at all. Yeah. Uh, like, in all honesty, let's be fair here. The 2008 championship greatly helped Doc Rivers' career. And when we look at a championship, a lot of the people who've studied that championship, we can probably say the coach that deserves most of the credit for that is Tom Thibodeau rather than Doc Rivers uh-huh. for what he did on the defensive end for that team. And the fact that the 2008 Celtics team had to go seven games with what was it, the Bulls, then they went, I think, six with Atlanta. They almost got beat by LeBron James by himself, right? So, like, again, the Celtics, the 2008 Celtics team is the big bright spot of Doc Rivers' career. And, you know, if you look at that a little bit harder, it's very questionable as well. I'll go to you. I'll leave it to you, man. I'll put on you. I don't know what Ben Simmons said. Honestly, I'm sick of tired hearing Ben Simmons. Oh, trust me. We should love it's, it for the content. I'm mean, gonna get it. You guys love it for the content, but see, I get to rip through him every every episode, so it's kind of great for me. It's just it's just annoying. Ben Simmons did. Ben Simmons that. Just just. Leave. But do you agree with him? Like, are you up or are you under? I'm over it. I'm I'm done with it. Just leave. If you hate the team, leave. Well, the problem is they can't. He wants out. The team is being stubborn here. That's well, again, the team kind of has no choices either because what are you good? You can't. Listen, man, if I was Daryl Morey, in all honesty, if I can't get anything decent in return for Ben Simmons, screw it. I'll just make him sit out. You can get fined all you want. I don't care. Yeah, but no, he's just dead money on your your, your roster. It means you can't do anything either to make your team better. Is there asking for what? The whole flipping half the team? I think they want like at least like an all-star, borderline all-star, three, four, three, middle three first rounders. Happens. Like it's too much, man. It's a guy who can't shoot. Well, it's not even that he's a rehabilitation project. Like we've like Zisha really talked about this. He's a rehab project. You not only have to rehab his image in the NBA because when you don't shoot as Hoopers, we know he's not even attempting the shot, it's basically a, like taboo exactly. at this point. So the fact that you didn't do that, then the way you acted, you know, he's basically the foil grad of the NBA. It's on being Scared to take a dunk and start passing it off to them. Yeah, come on, just go for it. Here's yeah. I just think I I think I thought the Sixers should have traded him a couple of years ago. I first I still think the Sixers shouldn't have paid him that contract, but you know I'm just gonna sit here and just be right. Well, speaking of contracts, next up, are you up or under on the Nuggets inking Michael Porter Jr. to a five-year extension worth up to two hundred seven million dollars? Now it's likely gonna be within that regular one seventy-two million dollar range, but. With the all NBAs and you know all the all the other contractual stuff, it can be worth up to two hundred seven million dollars. So first of all, honey, are you all for Unbrown? I am. I'm good. I'm this now again. Obviously, I know he's a great player, and I'm all for young players getting paid into their game. But I just think the Nuggets. It's a bit too early to pay him this much money. Like that's two hundred million dollars. And again, we kind of alluded to it earlier, earlier in the episode. You know, the, the guy is. He hasn't been able to stay healthy for his career. He's only really had one good, one really good establishing season. Before that, it was just really glimpses. And now you're handing the guy two hundred million dollars. Like it's, it's a little, it's a little much. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you had that ability to sign him later on to maybe see where where you're at. 
I just, it's, it's a risk, man. It's a huge risk. I get it. There's some potential there. But it's potentially $207 million. Well, again, if they had waited, then it would mean restricted free agency, right? But that's, you still have more control of a restricted free agency versus, you know, versus this. Versus Scott, the thing was, he's making almost as much as Luka Doncic is. And I don't think they're in the same class. Luka right. is in his own class. Luka is a different player. He absolutely is. And so, would you say, are you up or under on it? Under. Under. I get it, yes, as Hanio was saying. Uh, young players should be paid and everything, but he hasn't he hasn't shown anything. It's too early, like it's way too early. I mean, again, I would agree that I'm under on it, but I do understand the rationale of the Denver Nuggets. This officially locks in your core and gives you that championship contention. Now we just talked about last episode of them signing Aaron Gordon to that 92 million dollar deal over four years. You officially have everyone on your books now. There's no more worrying about losing any players. All you have to do is fill out the rest of the roster. We gotta pay Jokic after next year. Which, I mean, it'll happen. Whatever way they decide to do it, it'll happen, no doubt. That's true. Um, but again, it'll be interesting to see how they how they handle the situation, um, particularly with Michael Porter Jr. and the questions surrounding him. Now, I think, is he gonna be a very good player if he stays on the court properly? I think so. He showed huge strides on the defensive end last year. Um, on the offensive end, he needs to obviously improve his ball handling skills. But, you know, if he touches that up as well as, you know, gets a little bit more of a finishing game, then, you know, with, with the weapons that the Denver Nuggets have, he doesn't need to be a 30-point guy on a nightly basis. He can be that 20-point guy. So that, is that does that, million? again, I was just going to say that, does that justify $200 million contract? Probably not, but Denver is signing this contract banking on him to be that not that next you know potential all-star for the team as well as having him the most important thing is that he's just another focal point of their championship that they're trying to get to yeah it's just a lot of risk i think i see it especially when you're looking at denver's denver really has these next couple of years like this year next year where they have a lot of guys signed and then after that it's really about you gotta resign Jokic. uh will you keep will barton Monty Morris is on, on, on an expiring. Jermichael Green. Like, it's a lot of kind of questions in the future for the Nuggets. But again, Lockheed in the core, now they're committed to this. This is, this is who they got going on right now. So we'll see what happens with Denver Nuggets. But yeah, with that, that concludes this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely subscribe to the show on all the various platforms. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, YouTube. Basically, whatever you can find a podcast, you can find us with the Up Another Podcast. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at OptimalNetherN under podcast, Facebook.com slash podcast for all the latest updates. Whenever we post a new episode, all the reactions and news as they occur, definitely check that out. Big shout out to Mason for joining us for our 100th episode. Oh, you know, it's definitely great. We'll be doing more of these, probably more of these in the future. Next episode, of course, we'll be doing that. Definitely subscribe for that as well. Also, check out our website, uplanderpodcast.com. It's a central hub for the show. It's a place where we write blog posts with every single episode, so if you don't have time to listen or watch the full thing, you can read about it on our website. Definitely check that out if you haven't done so. Yeah, man, stay tuned for the part two of this of this episode. And yeah, man, we're, gonna, we're getting very close to, close to the season. Man. Hey, man, training camp is starting right now. Uh, for us as Raptors fans, hopefully like we can get proper tickets soon. Um, we're, we're waiting. We're, we are, we're, and again, this will be another very weird season, unfortunately. Yeah, man, we didn't even touch on the vaccination stuff. Yeah, there's no point of it. Like, <laughs> we can't even get into that in yeah. like one episode, man. That's, oh, man. that's a very uh, 
interesting talk about Ty Cuts. <laughs> Very excited for that. But yeah, with that, that concludes this week's episode. We'll see you guys on the next one. Take it easy. Easy.